Hello and welcome back to the 18th episode of the High Side News podcast. This week we'll be discussing the action from the Dutch TT at Assen and also we'll be looking ahead to the British round of the World Superbike Championship that is t- taking place this weekend at Donington Park. But before we get into all of that, joining me today, as usual, is the short shift news duo of Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Good morning, Jack. How have you been? I'm good, thank you. Uh, now, Jack, this weekend we saw some we saw some amazing results across the classes, especially in Moto Two, with Jake Dixon uh, taking his first ever Grand Prix victory. What are your thoughts after you know a couple of days now on Jake's first victory in the MotoGP paddock? I just can't really believe it. Still, you know, it just seemed like it was never going to happen. And when he took the lead. The first time that he lost it because it went into a false neutral just seemed like it was never going to happen. But he had his um, usual late race pace and held it together and I think it's probably one of the most emotional victories in a long time. Yeah, he's, he definitely had his, his work out from definitely you know made his own mistakes throughout the race as well. Also, good morning, Dawn. How are you? Good morning, Luke. Fine, thank you. Uh, at the start of the season, you had Jake down as your prediction for the the Moto Two champion come the end of the year. Obviously, he's now won his first. He's now won his first race. Um, do you think he can now go on to challenge Acosta and Arbolino for the title this year, or do you think they're that step further than he is? Yeah, I think he's in with a real good chance because yeah, okay, Tony and Acosta—they're very fast, but we all know it's bike racing; things can happen. So I still think he's in with a chance, definitely. And. You know, the next round up is Silverstone, so we're all expecting him to do really well there. So could he get another victory, you know? So, yeah, definitely, he's in the hunt. Hmm. Obviously, yeah, like you just mentioned, Silverstone is the next round for the GP boys, but they are now on their summer break. Five weeks off for them, so after a hectic last three weeks, really, of non-stop MotoGP action for them, uh, we'll go straight in with the MotoGP boys and discuss how their weekend went across the, the sprint and the main Grand Prix. And really, I think we have to start with Ducati again, like normal this season. We've talked about them a lot. Um, we'll start with a Grand Prix race winner who also finished runner-up in the sprint, Peko Bangyaya. One place short off of the, the nickname Perfect Peko that he's been given throughout this season. Jack, what did you make? Obviously, you know, took second in the sprint, almost looked like he settled for that, didn't throw it away like he has done in the past, and then controlled the, the main race. What, what were your thoughts on, on Peko? Yeah, it was just sort of how I... I knew in the sprint race he wasn't going to be as strong as Bez, but it seemed like... It always seems like in the Grand Prix he always find, learns something from the sprint if he hasn't won it. And, you know, he just demonstrated great pace. He controlled it from the moment he took the lead. And you know, even though Bez did try a late charge, he just didn't quite have enough to uh, challenge Beckham. And I think... Uh, we're now coming to the second half of the season where he was really strong last season. So if he doesn't make any mistakes, it's quite ominous what's about to happen. Yeah, we are coming into that that run of, of form now, especially where Peko took control of it last season. Dawn, I'll ask you about the other man who was there throughout the weekend. Bezeki took the race, uh, well, took the sprint win and then took second place in the Grand Prix. Do you think he'll still be there throughout you know this part of a season where Peko's been strong? Or do you think where he's on last year's Ducati, he might fall back a bit with the upgrades that Ducati may bring for the rest of the season. No, I think he'll continue to be there because, you know, he's got fighting spirit and he's shown what he's capable of and he's enjoying it. And that's a bit, I think, a big factor. Happy rider is a fast rider. So, no, I think he's going to continue this form. Yeah, it's been... I was just reading, actually, before we started this, um, about... Bezeki and obviously where he's on last year's bike and Gigi Delinia after the race told uh, Sky Sports about how um, for next year they're going to give Bezeki a, a 24 Ducati it seems a factory Ducati spec bike didn't really say what team it will be in but he said he thinks he deserves Bez uh, he thinks Bez deserves one so they're most likely going to give him one Jack we spoke about it a little bit last week so now it's almost confirmed Bez is going to get a 24 uh, Ducati do you think he should stay in BR46 or do you think he should try and push for a Pramac move well when when BT spoke to Ruccio uh, he was talking about how they wanted to push wanted to keep Bez and Luca together and 
they also wanted Bears to have a GP24, but it's difficult because they said Ducati don't want five factory bikes for, I think it's for cost reasons and all that kind of stuff. So if that's the case, it's more than likely he's going to go to Pramac, which probably means he's going to replace Zarco if he's going to replace anyone. So that's probably, my money would be on Pramac, but they have done it before when they made five GP uh, factory spec bikes. So he could say stay at v, stay at VR forty six, but I don't. I just I'd put my money on Pramac really. Sorry, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to get up the exact quote so I know fully what was said on both sides because Bez responded as well. Um, from what Bez was saying, it seems like he wants to stay at VR forty six. From his response, um, obviously he said it makes him happy and proud to say that he'd be given a factory Ducati. Um. He's doing. He said. He then went on to say, "I'm doing really well here at VR46, though, and uh, about how you know he feels like a family at VR46. But it would be a dream for him to ride a factory spec Ducati. So obviously, it's clear he wants the factory Ducati, but he wants to stay at VR46. Dawn, if he was given the ultimatum, either go to Pramac and get the factory bike, or stay at VR46 and get given this year's bike." Um, which way do you think Bez would go? Do you think he'd go for that step up in machinery or just stay in the family sort of atmosphere he's got? I think he'd stay in the family atmosphere, definitely. He's very strong in there. And, you know, hopefully he could bring Lucron a little bit more and give him the little step up sometimes. I think he needs what I think he'd want to stay there. Yeah, I think Bez, in a way, Bez controls part of the market now, I think. The way we've said... Marquez has as well with Honda if he leaves and whatever. But I think if Bez does leave VR46 and goes to Pramac, then that opens a door for Morbidelli to join Ducati in that route and opens a Yamaha door if, if Morbidelli leaving. So I think there's still stuff to watch on, on that side of things. The satellite bikes aren't done for sure, but you know, I, I digress. Back to uh back to this weekend's action. Um Fabio Quattararo, I think, is an interesting one to talk about this weekend. A, a surprise third place in the sprint race, definitely for me. I, I, you know, Assen. I think Jack, you said last week, Assen of anywhere it would be where the Yamaha would work for him. Um, I'll ask you first straight away his sprint race performance. Cause obviously, the, the GP race went differently. How how did you think of his of his sprint performance? It went as soon as I knew where he qualified. It went pretty much exactly how I expected it would. I knew I knew Binder would jump him from the start. Then he would be on Binder's rear end, and he'd stay there and wouldn't be able to pass him because it's Binder. And I don't think the Yamaha is strong enough in a straight line to pull alongside him. Obviously, got lucky with Binder's uh, track limits in the on the last lap, but it was a strong. It was obviously the strongest performance of the of the year so far, and it showed the Yamaha can be competitive, but. It seems like it's only going to be at a circuit where it the circuit just lends itself to the bike, and he it's hard for him to make the difference these days. But um, in future, I don't know. I can't think. I'm not sure what tracks now he has a chance. But if he's going to win a race, his his only chance is really get the whole shot and clear off from lap one. Yeah. It, um. That, that is the only way it's going to work. And I guess the main race went very differently, I guess you could say. Um, what was it? By the end of lap one, he was down in like 11th, 12th sort of place in that sort of area. And then looked like he was pushing, crashed out, took Zarko with him. He's now injured. Jack, how did you see that? Almost desperation from a poor start, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's caught, Cornell's caught out pretty much everyone in their careers. So it's not like... It's a surprise, but and plus the amount of crashes there were anyway, so maybe he's just pushing too hard in the tyre and fully gripped up to the track yet. But it was his first DNF in a feature race, so now there's only two riders left who have finished every single race in the points. And I think he'll be annoyed at himself. Obviously, luckily he's chosen a good time to be injured. Obviously, you don't choose to, but given his injury, he's got five weeks now to rest his toes and his arm and his leg so yeah I don't think he'd be I don't think he'd be too annoyed but I think you know he'd just be disappointed in himself and with the start and how it could have been a lot better could have definitely been top six easy yeah I was just I was just reading then trying to remember exactly what he'd done because like has he said what he's done he to his arm? Big left toe. 
has he said about his arm at all? On what? He's done, or... I don't know what he's done to his arm. It's just, he's just he said. I was just reading a quote there, and he said that it's not going to take as long as his his foot and toes will to recover. So obviously, it's not too bad. But obviously, Dawn, not what Fabio would want. Uh, obviously, we are into the, the the summer break now for MotoGP. Uh, going to Silverstone, a track where Fabio has had success before. Um, do you think it'll be a different story for Yamaha there? Obviously, when you think about Silverstone, there are you know there are the, the twisty cornery bits where the Yamaha would work, but then there are the long straights where the Ducati would would pick up on them. So, do you think Yamaha will have another poor weekend, or or what after the summer break? Yeah, I think unfortunately, I've I've got no feelings that they're going to be up there at all. And like you say, you just don't know how Fabio's going to be um, after his surgery. So, no, I can't really see them being up there. Yeah, it's thrown up weird results before at Silverstone. Obviously, we don't know what the weather's going to do. It's Silverstone. It could be anything. Um, but it it's still not looking great for Yamaha, despite that, that almost one-off performance, I guess, for Fabio in the sprint race. Um, talk about Alicia Spargro, a man really that has been absent from the front end of MotoGP throughout this season. I think it's the nicest way to put it. Dawn, he had a very good weekend for a pretty of standards this this season so far. Uh, a fourth in the sprint race, and then a, he inherited a, a, a podium in the main in the main race. What had you made of Alicia? Because obviously he's still walking wounded as well. Yeah, very strong performance. Like you say, yeah, he's injured. And apparently he said that his injury has never felt such pain in all his career. So to to get a fourth, and a, you know, I know he was handed the third, but you know he would have respect got two fourths. Amazing ride, and it must give him. Obviously, he's not in the championship hunt, but it'll give him a little bit of glimmer. I think now going into the second half of the season that he could be in the podium hunt in a few more rounds. Yeah, it's it's definitely something to watch because obviously he recently as well has said about how. The Aprilia hasn't improved as much as they would have liked it to, and it's probably improved three or four percent. He said compared to last season. So I thought that was interesting to hear actually coming from Aleish. Um Yeah, there's there's promise for Aprilia. Maverick didn't have a an awful sprint race either, a seventh place, and then he then crashed out in a main race, which wasn't great for my MotoGP fantasy. But oh well. Um, uh, yeah, Brad Binder. Jack, I'll ask you about Brad. The track limits, obviously, was the whole thing that sort of pushed Brad back throughout this weekend. But otherwise, the results were still there. A fifth and a fourth, obviously, did miss out on two podium finishes throughout the weekend. What did you make on the whole the whole sort of situation with Brad, including his his track limits as well? I think it was obviously very frustrating, especially with how little margins there were and how much he exceeded track limits by because. As we all know that he didn't gain anything from it, so it is. I think it's starting to raise questions about how the, this rule should be enforced, and because you can't change it this year, but you know next year they might have to rewrite the rule book and how these penalties work. Um, but I think he, he's accepted the mistakes. Obviously, he's frustrated by it, but he's accepted it. I think it's the most important thing, and he's picked up points anyway. So yeah, he's ended the. The first half strong and now 12 more races to go. So we have to just wait and see how the KTM develops during the off-season, not off-season, during the break, and then hopefully come back and the KTM can be even stronger to fight the Ducatis more. Yeah, because I was just looking at the championship now as you were saying that. He's not he's not far off still. He's still fourth in the championship on 114 points compared to Peko's 194 Obviously, the championship still looks like it's going to be Ducati. Don't know which rider yet, but it'll be a Ducati most likely. But, you know, it's still a strong weekend for him. Better than Jack Miller's weekend went, but we'll we'll get to him in a, in a moment. Dawn, I wanted to ask you about Jorge Martin. Dominant at the Saxon ring. You know, only Peko could almost lay a glove on him in the, the, the main race there last time out. But then at Assen, it just looked like something was missing for him. Almost like he... You know, that last weekend hadn't happened in a way sort of thing. He didn't look like he was riding on the high. A sixth place in the sprint, a fifth place in the main race. What what did you make of Martins? He looked like a different rider. Yeah, unfortunately he did. But I wasn't overly surprised because throughout his career, he had, this is what he does tend to lack a little bit of consistency. So 
obviously not where he'd want to be and he's probably got a little bit of thinking to do for the next round but yeah an okay round but he must have been disappointed to not get on the podium this round yeah because we were talking last week um is martin now a true championship challenger and obviously all signs after the saxon ring was yes he he is but now you know bez has pulled back in on him on points uh he's now you know dropped back behind peko some more now um Jack, do you think, you know, the, the main thing Martin has to work on now is consistency to become a true sort of championship challenger? Yeah, I think he had he because I mean, he was actually faster than Paco for most of the race, so that's something that's positive. I think he's and he's he has been really consistent since a ref onwards. I think it's just Paco's just always in the top three, no matter what circuit, what conditions. So I think that's what Hulk is just going to work on. He's just to make sure he's there as well, because even though Pekka is susceptible to mistakes, it seems like he's he really works an eye on them out as soon as they happen. So I think Hulk needs to just try and get that consistency a little bit up. Yeah, we've all said he's got the pace, he's got the talent. Obviously, he made a mistake in qualifying, if I remember right, and he was down 10th on the grid. So that probably didn't help as well for his his chances in the race, but we've seen Ducati's claw through from further down on the grid before. Um, yeah, Martin, it was an, an, an iffy weekend, you could say, for him after his performance last time. Um, we'll go to Mark Marquez, because that's another, again, two weeks in a row, he's, he's given an interesting topic here now with Mark. Um, again, it didn't look right at Assam. And the words he was using as he's he's using it as a test, which is not what we've heard from Mark Marquez before. He was nineteenth, eighteenth around there at the end of day one after Friday practice. Finished. I know he finished like P one in like twenty first place, so not an area you'd expect to see Mark Marquez. Obviously, carrying injuries, still fractured ribs, uh, still got his um, his hand injuries as well from the Saxon ring, Jack. What did you make of it again for Mark Marquez? Obviously, like I said, the injuries, but 17th in the sprint race and he was just going backwards. Do you think trying to compete at Aston was just a step too early? Should he have just stepped aside for the weekend? Probably because I think he was just more scared of you know, crashing and hurting himself again. I don't think he physically wanted to push the bike to the limits and the, the, the one lap he tried to push to the limits ended up on the floor. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just he wanted to survive this weekend which he did just about and I think you're trying you you mean he, he got close with Bastianini so he got a bit lucky there so I think he'll just try and rest up as much as possible then we'll see which mark turns up at Silverstone yeah we'll either get a defeated Mark Marquez turn up or an ambitious one turn up and it'll be just absolute all out from him again um Jack I was going to ask you actually about Obviously, his incident with Bastianini, you you sort of brought it up briefly there. Did you think that was almost a thing of just Mark not paying attention to where he was going in qualifying? Or do you think he is sort of distracted by everything else that's going on at Honda? I think it was just him being a bit clumsy. Because we've seen how <laughs> clumsy it's been before. It's not something out, out that unusual. I think it was just, he just wasn't looking where he was going. He didn't expect Bastianini to... Slowed down, and he obviously he turns around. He sees Bastianini. He's close, He's shut the throttle, and he goes and smacks into him. So, I think it's just a lack of concentration, focusing on the wrong things, and just ultimately being clumsy. So, I don't know. There's nothing to it. It's just a big mistake, and it can happen when trying to get a toe. So, Mark looked to blame Bastianini in the gravel trap, or when he got up. Actually, sorry, because I don't think he ever made it to the gravel. Any blame on Bastianini or all Mark Marquez's fault? Well, I think it's Mark's fault because he wasn't looking where he was going. Yeah, okay. I was just seeing what you thought on it because I know some people had almost defended Mark, which I didn't see there was any way you could really after that incident. Um, But yeah, another weekend to forget for Mark Marquez. Still hasn't finished a main race this season, whether he's dropped out of it before it's begun or he's crashed out of it. So that's a stat, I'm sure. Mark's overjoyed to see um, going around at the moment. Um, 
Dawn, obviously Honda still in issues. The top Honda for the fifth race in a row now has been Taka Nakagami. Very rare, you know, that we even sort of think about him or see him, but he's the only one that's making that Honda work in a way. Do you think he's just got more of a cautious approach with the Honda now, or do you think it's just he actually doesn't... Well, we've seen him crash it, so what, what do you think it could be with, with Taka? Um, it's just because he's been riding it probably for so long, and you might think that he wouldn't push to the extreme that Mark or perhaps some of the others would... And that he's, you know, he's probably just quite content to push a little bit and just get the points in. And he probably knows he's only going to probably, you know, sneaking into the top 10 would be a real good thing for him. So um, I'd just say he's comfortable on the bike and his knowledge of it. And he, that's it really. Yeah, because he's, he's a weird one. I've always found with Taka. He's just almost, he had that one season where he's really good. And then where he's fighting for podiums, never got one. But now he's sort of just like floating around the top 10, which actually at the moment for Honda is a, a good job to actually get inside the top 10 and stay on the bike. So things went well for him. Um, Ike Lekwona was one I wanted to bring up before I forget while we're talking about Honda. I felt, I don't know about you guys, but I felt so sorry for Ike because he, you know, turned up again, still injured as well, I think, from uh, Mizano. And he was running, what was it, 11th place in the main Grand Prix. And then it appeared that he had a mechanical. He was running for Repsol Honda, if you know, people hadn't seen. But, you know, was in 11th place in the main Grand Prix and then seemed to have a mechanical. And, Jack, I don't know if you, you would agree here, but I thought 11th place for Ika where he was standing in would have been a very good job. Yeah, I mean, he's on par with Bacucci, so can't do much more than that. And, you know, he, and... He, and during the whole week, and he wasn't that. Even though Mark was probably riding cautiously, he wasn't that far off. In which, given it's only his second time on that Honda, and it's his, first, his second time on a GP bike in two years, it's very impressive. So, you know, I think he should be happy with himself with the job he did. Obviously, it's frustrating he didn't get to finish and get some championship points, but so it is sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. But, you know, good to see Laquona again. Shows he can still be competitive on a MotoGP bike. So maybe that option will come again in the future of getting him back in the paddock. Um, Just looking down the order, obviously only 14 riders finished the main race, which has happened quite a lot this season with less and less riders finishing. Jack, just people pushing nowadays with the two races or what could I think it be it... with the lack of finishers? It's and it's something to do. I think something to do with the tire pressures because they have increased the tire pressures for this year, and riders riders aren't allowed to complain, but they have been complaining about tires, saying how bad they are. Like Martin said, it's actually he could have gone four seconds faster if the if they weren't using Michelin's or they could change the could use the tire pressures they wanted. So I think it's high high temperatures, high uh, tire pressures. And all that combined of just causing just front end washouts where you have absolutely no chance of saving things. No, yeah, so I hadn't really thought about the the, the tire pressure because obviously, I think the last I heard, Michelin were creating a new front tire. I don't know what year that's meant to come in, but I know they had been testing one, so we'll see. Hopefully, that'll solve it. Cause it's been good. Was it two years now? We've had front end tire issues with the, the pressures and everything, and we had the the years where there'd be dud tyres that just didn't work and it just seems like there's a lot going on behind the scenes and also in the lower classes it seems like Pirelli are coming in to, to take over Moto2 and Moto3 so that could be an interesting one to watch as well if they'll end up taking over the whole championship in a way. Um, Yeah, I'm just looking through the order, having a look to see if there's any other standout riders that I wanted to mention. Augusto Fernandez, another top 10 for him. He's having a solid season. And I think speaking about Augusto would go nicely into Moto2, especially with Pedro Acosta being there. Um, trying to remember what we spoke about him and what had actually come out by our last episode. Um, I'll ask you quickly, Jack. I know we asked who you'd replace. Augusto reckons he'll be on the grid next year. I'd seen it briefly. I didn't see much stuff about it, though, that Augusto might be going to Yamaha was a brief thing I saw. I don't really know if to believe that or not. Um, 
Do you think he'll still be in Gas Gas Colours next year, Jack? I'd think so, but I think if not, then I'm sure Hervey will work a lot to try and keep him on the grid in whatever form possible. Yeah, he's doing well. I don't think Augusto deserves to be dropped from MotoGP yet. He's 14th in the championship. You know, he's above uh, Digi Antonio, uh, Miguel Oliveira. Yeah, he's been injured for most of the season, but he's still above him. He's he's done a decent job for a rookie. Um, We'll move over to Moto2. We'll have a a talk about, obviously, Jake Dixon is the main topic of conversation. Probably has been for every motorbike racing fan in the, the, the UK at the moment. With his first race win, I know I've asked you both about it already. Um, I thought it was well worked. His race craft looked well. Uh, like Jack said, like you said, Jack, he made mistakes. Uh, that was clear to see, especially with the false neutral. But he had a good little battle with Ayagura towards the end, which was was nice to see I up there as well, especially since he suffered from from injuries for the majority of the season. Jack, I'll ask you about Ayagura. Obviously, second place in. In Aston, return to the podium for him. What did you make seeing seeing him back up there? Yeah, it was good to see. You know, he's he's had a couple of shows like at Huref where like the old eye was back and then something would go wrong. But he just seems like he he's maybe just caught up. He's because obviously he's lost time in testing and has been new Orleans forks and stuff like that. So it seems like the team might finally found the feeling I want and. Obviously, we'll know more when we get when we return. What if I is fully back? I think it's just nice to see that he's able to fight the front, fight for pole position, and get his first pole of the weekend of the year. Sorry, because that's what he he said he wanted in qualifying. He said after qualifying, he went, "I want to get a good race before the summer break." I still love watching Ayagura after the races because he's just you know just never happy, and it's it's. I don't know, yeah, he's just a funny one to a funny character, it seems, in the paddock. Um, Dawn, staying with Ayagura, he obviously turned down a move to MotoGP for this season. Do you think, obviously, with his injury, he'll be regretting that, or do you think the option will probably come again from Honda? Yeah, I think he's done the right thing, probably, and I think, yeah, you'd, you'd think that the option will come again, especially, you know, if Mark leaves or something like that but no he did the right thing and I was pleased to see him being back there on the podium because he's such a, a mallow kind of person when you know you see him about so yeah I think he's done the right thing yeah I think even with the injury it was the the best way to go for I because if he picked up that injury while he was a MotoGP rider and he was on a one-year deal chances are he probably wouldn't get another another go at it especially with the how the Honda has been um, Jack, Pedro Acosta, obviously, yeah, do it, doing all he, he can in Moto in Moto Two, still fighting towards the front. Took third place. There was some debate in there about a long lap penalty. Whether it should have been given was the first thing. So I'll ask you that straight away. Should he have been given a long lap after losing the front and taking that shortcut? No. I, I thought you'd go with that. And that is also my view I'll put out there as well. Why why would you say no? Because he's lost the front, so there's no other way of getting across the chicane of spot from going straight on. And he lost time anyway from losing the front, so I don't really understand why he needs to be penalised for surviving a crash. That is, yeah, that's that's the way I see it as well. Dawn, I, I don't know, you have the same view as well? Of, yeah. yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, that was the first thing that I didn't really understand. And then that led on to the second thing, Jack, which I'm going to also straight away go into asking you about, the long lap penalty. One camera angle, it appears like he's gone on the green. The other camera angle, yes, it's fuzzier because it's a CCTV camera from the track. It looks like he is on the white line. So he then obviously wasn't made to retake his long lap penalty because there isn't conclusive evidence so that brings into the debate, did he cross it or do we need more doing for long laps to determine things like that and stop them from happening again? We just, need, we just need sensors or an actual camera that can, like maybe a helicopter cam or something like that, so just more cameras to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen again because it seems like on the CCTV he's taking the world's most perfect entry to the long lap 
Whereas if one looks like he's just completely missed it. So I think it's just a matter of perspective which one you choose to prefer. Yeah, see, I've seen I've seen both angles, obviously, and I still don't know. Like, it almost looks like you're watching two different long laps if you watch the two, um, if you watch both the angles. Because, like you said, one looks like he's completely blown it, and the other looks like he's inch perfect. But what is it? I'll ask you this: Do you think he would have touched the green or or not? Or do you think he did just take a, a very, very good long lap? Or are you the same as the stewards of it's just impossible to tell from the camera angles? I trust in his talents that he'd be and he'd have done it perfectly, but I can't say for sure. I don't one thing I will disagree with, and I've said it on social media, that it's the Spanish bias coming in again. I do disagree with that. I don't think it has anything to do with who he is or um his nationality, I think, say if even if that was someone like Sean Dylan Kelly, just to pick someone random off that grid, who took it the same and it's the same thing, I still think it would have been inconclusive and he wouldn't have had to 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 retake it. So I think that part of that debate is ridiculous personally, that it's because he's Spanish that he wasn't made to redo it. So we'll we'll move on move on from that uh whole dilemma and disaster. Um Fermi and Aldeguer and the um, speed-up team, Dawn, they had a good showing, actually, around Assen. One that, you know, it's been a while for Fermines. So I've seen him so high up on the order. Alonso Lopez was there as well with a two and fourth and sixth. Obviously, the speed-up must work around Assen. What were your thoughts on, on those two throughout the race? Yes, definitely. I mean, Alonso definitely had the pace, but he just seemed to see him just going backwards and backwards, unfortunately, in the race. But definitely strong performance and now they're hoping to continue into to the next round very much so and like Lopez was um, very strong in the sessions you know Friday and Saturday so yeah very strong performance yeah I was, I was just having a look and for me to say you know he, he seems to have talent and he shows up once in a while I guess is his problem but he's 11th in the championship um, yeah I guess it is mainly down to the thing of it's once in a while performances you get from Firmini. He'll have one good result and then have two bad results. So that he's still young though, but I forget really how young Firmini is as a rider. Um, Tony Albellino, Jack. I'll ask you about one championship challenger. I'll ask you about the other. A poor race for Tony standards this season. Um, a seventh place. What did you make of it? Because it looked like the whole Mark VDS squad just had a bad weekend really. Yeah, it just seemed like it never got going for Tony. And I mean, Pete, he did the best he could. have got seventh, but sadly, just realised he actually physically hasn't beat Acosta on a dry track yet. He's only beat him in the wet and when Pedro's crashed out. So, I mean, it's showing his good consistency, how he's still leading the championship, but he's yet to fully beat Pedro when he's finished the race in the dry. So, that's something he's got to work on for next season. Otherwise, if Pedro doesn't make any mistakes. Or it's wet, you can't see Tony holding onto this lead for much longer. Oh, no, yeah, I'd agree with that. Obviously, Jake's there now as well, but I think with Pedro, it's he gets in the mood almost at some tracks and then he's unbeatable. He almost has this self belief that I will win, sort of thing, and he, he does. And it's, you know, it is almost Mark Marquez and Valentino Rossi esque from their younger eras. Um, yeah. A bit of a weird one for, for Tony, but we move on and we'll talk about his teammate, Dawn. I'll go to go to you to discuss Sam Lowe's. 11th place for Sam. Not really the triple header that he would have wanted. Magello, obviously, a DNF. Eight points from the Saxon ring and then only... What's that for 11th place? Is that five points from um, from Assen? What did you make of the last well three races, really, for Sam? Because Magello got taken out, given that wasn't his fault, but, you know... What what you made going to summer break for Sam? Yeah, very disappointing. Sam will want to reset, press the reset button for sure. And then you can't help thinking, is this definitely going to push him over to the World Superbike paddock? You know, is he thinking that in his mind? Not that that I do, you know, he's not willing to to push in this, but I can't help thinking that definitely if we go into Silverstone and he doesn't get a good result there, his fate might be sealed that he will go over to World Superbike. Yeah, obviously, World Superbikes this weekend. I do expect to see 
Sam Lowe's in the paddock, whether it's talking to teams or talking to manufacturers, because obviously he is now 32. He knows he's not going to get into MotoGP again. He's had his one chance, given that was a bad chance for Aprilia, but oh well. Um, I guess he sees that as his only way to get into a premier class again of, of motorcycle racing. Um, it seems like, you know, he has options from multiple teams, from what I've read in World Superbike. He's also got the option to stay with Mark VDS in Moto2, and he also has the option to stay with Mark VDS potentially on a Ducati in World Superbike. So, Dawn, if you were Sam Lowe, say, what route would you go? Would you go World Superbike and try and get on that Ducati, or would you stay in Moto2? I think I'd go World Superbike, but stay with the Mark VDS, because obviously, you know, he's happy there, you know, with his wife works there and everything so a nice family atmosphere around him so i think sam would best be doing that really yeah and we get to see sam and alex lowe's on the same grid again potentially so that'll be an own (laughs) and its own mini championship as well really between those two as long as they beat each other they won't care how the rest of their season goes (laughs) really um but no yeah not a great uh, end towards the first, well, I was going to say first half of the season, but not even halfway through the season yet, I don't think. Um, not a great first bit of the season for Sam. Um, obviously, Rory Skinner wasn't there. Just looking through whether there's any other riders to discuss in Moto2. Dawn, is there anyone else that caught your eye in Moto2 throughout the Dutch Grand Prix weekend? Uh, no, not really. More that like uh, Aaron Cannett, he was fifth. You know, you keep thinking, when is he going to try and get a little bit further up there? And Vietti as well, he had a little bit of a dis- disappointing one. <sighs> like to see him a bit further. Darren Binder managed to stay on and complete the race, which <laughs> I was happy for him to see. That was good. So did Jeremy Alcoba as well. They were next <laughs> to each other for some of the race, so I thought they might get a repeat there, or maybe Darren Binder would throw a dive bomb at him, but yeah. obviously they both stayed on. Uh, Joe Roberts had a bad weekend, actually. What happened to Joe? 18th place. He didn't crash throughout the race, did he, at no, all? He's just, he's just lost. Like, he can... He can... He, like, you know, it's just, he's in the Moto2 doldrums, as they say. Like He's in that pool where he's just hovering between 10th and 18th and 20th, and he's just in that pool where he just can't get out. So I think he's just... Searching for some feeling with the front tyre or something. Okay, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll stick with Joe. I didn't even think about talking about Joe as anyone. I saw his result there. And Jack, I'll ask you, Joe Roberts, does he follow Cameron Bobier back to Moto America and try and get a good ride there? Or do you reckon switch teams in Moto2? Because obviously it looks like a lot of top teams are going to come available in Moto2. So does he try and pinch one of those rides? I'd say that it's better he'd want to stay in Moto 2. I think he'd rather stay. He, he lives in Spain, I believe, so. I think. Or in Andorra, so I think he'd prefer to stay in the in the Moto 2 paddock, try and be the first American world champion in Moto 2. Because I think he believes he can, it's just. He needs the, the feeling, and he hasn't. I don't think he's been able to replicate the same feeling that he had with the American racing team, apart from one race last year where he. In this, when he was about three seconds in front of everyone, so I think if, I think if by if Barcelona, same Barcelona, and he's not fighting at the front, I think we it's a red flag that something's going wrong, and I won't be surprised if he does leave Italtrans Trans this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that as well. Um, we'll move on to Moto Three, but before we do that, I would say Jake Dixon is now third in the Moto Two Championship, which is where he wanted to be before the summer break. So that's a goal completed for him. Um, over to Moto Three, and. The man I had been predicting for a long time and didn't predict for this weekend has finally won a race. Jaume Massia is back on the top step of the podium. Jack, it was a hectic one again for Moto3. What did you make of it across the whole board, really, throughout the race? Yeah, it was just chaos. Sort of how Aston usually is the top 10. Fine amongst themselves, slip, it was just slipstream after slipstream. And you sort of just felt with the Leopards. Straight, notorious straight line speed. No, Messiah just had to stay at the front and control the pace. When well, he didn't obviously he didn't lead for most of it, but as soon as he got to the latter stages, he had the natural pace. 
over everyone else and that's all lent itself to, to victory and now he's usually after victories that's when Messiah just for some strange reason drops off so we'll have to just wait and see what happens to Messiah in the second half now yeah because he has been on a good run of form actually um He's been picking up consistent podiums or thereabouts for the, the podium battle. So, you know, it's been going well for him. Obviously, Dawn, Holgado, a strange weekend across the board for him. Never really seemed to get going after what has been a dominant season for him, really, in Moto3, picking up the results where it matters. But Assen didn't work out, um, crashed in the race, rejoined, finished 74 seconds behind the behind Messiah, who who won the race and finished dead last. What what went wrong for Holgado? Was it just his qualifying? Do you think? Yeah, and I think sometimes if you start around on the back foot like he did, sometimes you can just think, well, it's not going to be my round, as it definitely wasn't. Unfortunately for him, just want to put behind you, reset after the summer break, and I'm I'm sure he'll pick up definitely on a strong performance at Silverstone. Oh yeah, I'm 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 convinced he will. He he's looked like one of those riders this season that's now you know gonna go on to win it. But you know there's only 16 points between Messier and Hogardo now, so anything could happen when you look down that list. But like Jack said, Messier is known to 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 drop away in throughout seasons when he's had a good result. Um, Jack, actually, I wanted to ask you about Romano Fanati. His result on paper didn't look good with an eighth place, but Battling for the win, really, throughout the race at parts. Even towards the final corner, I think, was where he got pushed out into eighth, going into the chicane. Um, surprise, sort of, to see Fanati up there? Or do you think at some point this season we would see at least a good result from Fanati? Yeah, so he's the most experienced rider. He's got the most wins in the class. So you sort of expect him to at least pull out one good performance. And I remember when he was on the... Husqvarna a couple of years ago, we had a really strong running here where he was probably the fastest guy, but missed out due to Fodger's straight line speed. But I think it's it's good. He's he's showing he's showing the sniper's team is still strong. That he's still strong. But obviously, this probably is his last season of Moto Three due to his age. I'm not sure if he can do next season, but yeah, I think it's just good to see Fanati back and. I, the only problem is I don't know where his destination is after this season or next season because I can't see him going back to Moto2, so maybe Super Sports is the way to go. I don't really know, but it's just nice to see him fighting. And he, he probably could have got top five if it wasn't for Munoz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for Munoz's, you know, the normal Munoz move, um, could have seen Fanati in the top five. Um, just thinking Silverstone... Fanati won there in 2021. I don't know, was that his last win in the Moto3 class? I don't think he's won. It might have been. It was... Yeah. I think it was. Because he crashed out in Mazzano while leading as well in that race. Yeah, I think it was his last win. Yeah, I think that was his... And it was a dominant performance as well, if I'm remembering it correctly. So, you know, good things could happen at Silverstone after summer break for Fanati, especially if he comes in on a on a high again after having a, he's probably his best result of the season. I'm not exactly too sure on that. But yeah, it was good to see him up there. Um, Dawn, Dennis Onchu, uh, you know, on the podium again after having some, you know, some races where he's been crashing out or not performing too well. Just consistently picking up good results now again for Dennis, do you think? Yes, definitely. It was a good, strong result because like I say, uh, one of eight, ten riders, you know, were going into that final and they could have won so you can't say that he did anything wrong you know he was up there and another podium finish so I think that was a strong performance from him yeah it's another good performance and the rider that we both had down for the Moto3 win actually Jack you had down Sasaki for Moto3 win so second place for him Uh, good result for Sasaki or do you think he'll be sort of almost wishing that he'd got that race win because it would have been his first of the year, I believe. I think he'll be a bit annoyed he didn't defend until the final chicane because if he'd done that, he would have won the race. But, you know, it's another second place. He's third in the... I think he's third in the championship. Mm-hmm. So, and with Holger's first mistake of the season, it and now we're getting to a part of the season where Sasaki was really strong last, last year. So, Ayumu is... 
I think Ayumu actually is the strongest rider of everyone. He's definitely the fastest. But fortunately, just in terms of race, in races, he's just lacking at something to win. But, you know, if he finds the right setting and is able to clear off like he did in Saxon Ring and not have a Dennis Onchu or someone like that hold on to him, he might be able to just win in convincing fashion because he is probably, I think he's the fastest rider on, on that grid at the moment. Yeah, I, I think he is, and I think he'll move up to, to Moto2 next year as well, I believe, with the, the same squad, probably, whether he replaces Binder or Tulevich is something we'll have to wait and see, but I'm not sure. But yeah, we'll move on to World Superbike in a moment. Uh, the Brits in Moto3 didn't have a good weekend at all. Um, I don't think there's much that can be said about them. Um yeah, it was one of those weekends for Division Track boys. Uh, I think the less said, the better, really, about their weekend as a whole. Uh, Scott started well, but then almost faded in the race, so it is what it is, really, is all you could say for them. Uh, looking at our predictions from this weekend, I think we all got two correct. Uh, in Moto3, none of us were right. Uh, Moto2, I had down Dixon, which I didn't think was going to come out, but sure, that worked. In the sprint, I had Bezeki, which came out, and in the MotoGP race, you both had down Peko. So, um, wait, what? I'm lost now. You both had Peko. You, so you got um, two, right? we got one. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Ah, oh, for some reason, I got in my head there that we'd all got two. I don't know. I'm thinking about a lot of things today. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks, Jack. Sorted out my awful math skills for me there. Cheers. <laughs> This is why I work in writing and not with numbers. Um, yeah, moving on. World Superbikes. Donington Park. Uh, last year, we saw Top Rack do the ticket hat-trick of wins there. Jack, do you believe Top Rack can do the triple again this year? Or do you think a double is maybe the most you can hope for? No, well, if... I think if he's going to lose in a race, the most likely one he's actually going to lose in is going to be the two feature races. Really? So I'd, I think he's more of a chance in the sprint race than the feature races, just purely because of Bautista's natural race pace and how his tie never drops off. Whereas in the sprint race, Top Rack can go half a level like in a Mizano and actually challenge him the whole time. And plus his natural, I think Top Rack will be faster in qualifying as well than Bautista. And Bautista has spent time on the GP Ducati, so it, that time of readjusting back might help him as well. And I don't think it's going to be too hot, so when it's cooler conditions, that favours the inline fours. So, and but I just don't know how the resurfacing will affect all the bikes in terms of the race pace, because I feel like if it if it's anything like BSB, it'll be a tyre war. And if it's a tyre war, then there's only one person who's going to end up on top, assuming he doesn't dump it on the floor. So I think if Top Rack is going to win, any, if he has to win at least a race, it'll be the sprint race. Yeah, I was just having a, a check on the weather for Donington Park this weekend. It's meant to be dry, not too hot like you said, Jack. Looks like it'll be good conditions actually for racing there. Um, yeah, Bautista has never won a Superbike race at Donington Park, if my memory's correct. And he's only ever won one there, I think, which is in his one two five. Um, CC Championship winning year so a big year for a big round for Bautista really uh, obviously doesn't need to win them all we've seen from his championship lead Torex the only other man who has won a race um, other than Bautista this season Dawn a crucial round for some riders really when you think of the rider market that could be kicking into action you know around this time of the year a crucial round for BMW they have two riders who go well at Donington Park, Tom Sykes and Scott. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you both this, actually, but I'll go to Dawn first. Obviously, they both like Donington, Tom and Scott. What would be a good result in your eyes for the two of them and BMW around Donington, or what would be a result that shows that the BMW is just an awful package this season? Yeah, you'd have to say definitely, I think I'd favour Tom a little bit over probably Scott a little bit for Donington. And you've got to think they've got to be in the hunt for a third-place podium thing. And I think if they don't get inside the top 10, then you just definitely know it's that BMW. It'll be very interesting to see just what them two can pull out the bag this weekend. Hmm. 
Jack, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, you know, what do you think BMW with those two will be aiming for, and what would show to you that that BM is awful if they don't finish where as such? Well, last year Scott got third a third place. Uh, I think in the second one he got a fifth place. I can't quite remember if Alex actually might have crashed out in the second race. He might have actually got fourth. But, you know, we signed inside the top five last season. So, you'd, I'd think that's what they'd be aiming for. And when Tom last raced there, he, he fought for the podium and he beat Scott under the catty. So, I think the target for BMW would be trying to get at least one rider in the top five. Qualifying, I think Tom's, Tom's made it quite clear his ambition is to try and get pole position. Mm-hmm. I can't see happen, even though it is Tom at Donington Park with a super soft tyre in the back, I can't see him pulling that out of the bag. If it does, it will be a very magical pole position for him. But I definitely think, should no yellow flags happen, I think Tom could easily get on the second row with no toe or anything. But I guess we just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I guess that is the, the, the big thing, really. But those two will be, with their, their home round and how Scott's season has gone, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen with his future, they're both just going to be going full at it, I think. You know, they've got points to prove. Tom wants to get back on the grid full time. Scott wants to, I don't know, maybe keep his ride at BMW. It's all gone a bit quiet on that front, on whether it'll be uh, Scott or Vandermark partnering top right next season at BM. But yeah, it's all a bit up in the air as such on what's happening there. But no, it'll be an interesting round for, for BMW especially. Dawn? Kawasaki, they did well there last year. Uh, Alex and Jonathan were both on the podium in multiple races. Obviously, it's now been it's been a long time since Jonathan now won a race in World Superbikes. Um, the thing I read the other day, 18 races now or something it's been since Jonathan won or something along those lines, something ridiculous like that. Do you think Jonathan can go back to winning ways at Donington Park or do you think that's a step too far? No, I don't think he'll be giving it his all, as I think will Alex lose as well, but I just can't see it happen. No, for me, it's either going to be Bautista or Top Rack. Do you think the Kawasaki duo can get on the podium at all? Get both of them on there? Just one of them on there at all? Or Yeah, I think we'll we'll probably see one of them. And I'm guessing yeah. it's probably going to be Jonathan Ray. Yeah, most likely will be. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking through other riders. Bradley Ray, we should probably talk about him. His home round as well. Almost forgot about him for a second there. Um, Jack, I'm going to ask you both about Brad as well, of course. Uh, Jack, good result for, for Brad around Donington. What would you put down as, as sort of where you think he should be aiming for this weekend? His first top 10. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I think, I think obviously the bike probably isn't there still, but I think it's Donington, it's his home round, home support track knowledge and all that kind of stuff, I think Brad can make the difference to try and get inside that top 10. Okay, yeah, I, I could I could see that happening. So um, do you think that'll be in a long race or the sprint race? I'd expect that'll be in the longer races because more people, I expect, I mean, even if it's a if it's a somewhat gifted 10th place, you know, more people are likely to crash the feature races and the sprint races. So... But I think Brad, he's he's shown good consistency, good pace so far. So I think podium is not the not podium, the top ten is not the question. Yeah, may have been a podium last year in BSB, but yeah, maybe a, a step too far in Worlds at the moment. Um, Dawn, Brad Ray, top ten, like Jack said. Do you do you agree that that could be possible for him? Yeah, I do. I think he 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 might be able to sneak inside that top ten, definitely, definitely inside the top fifteen. Really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I think there's going to be a big buzz around Brad Ray this weekend, especially yeah. on the circuit with it being his first home round in World Superbikes. He's world carded there before in the past, seems to remember, on the Suzuki. But yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see and uh, definitely one to keep an eye on this weekend to get his best result of the season. Um, just trying to think, who else is there to... Who else could have a, a good weekend? Uh, obviously, other than the usual suspects, I don't think there'll be many others around so we'll talk about you know our predictions for world superbikes for just the world superbike class for this weekend jack is that a look of trying to figure out who's going to be where or i know i'm, I'm confident in the super pole race i'm not quite sure about the feature races though i say honestly you just 
threw your hands in the air and and leant back there in a struggle. So, yes, right. Dawn, I'll go to you first because it looks like Jack's got some some thinking to do other than the sprint race. Who are you saying will win across the the three races throughout at Donington Park for the two bikes? I think uh, Alvaro's going to win the two main uh, race one and race three. And I think Top Rat's going to do the sprint race. Okay. I will put down as well what, what races we say as well. So there can be yeah. no, there'll be no, if Top Rat wins a, a long one and Bautista gets to sprint and a, and a long one. <laughs> um, Jack, have you got your decision made or would you like Top me to go first? Top Rat to win the sprint race. Okay. You've got Top Rat sprint. It's just the unknown. If it was hot, I'd definitely go Bautista because I know how that, those conditions are perfectly suited, but I just don't know. We've been a bit cooler and the new track can, the new track surface. I just don't know. It's such an unknown. If it was last year's track layout, I knew I'd, I'd have got top rack 100%, but I'm going to, I'm thinking top rack will win race one, Bautista will win race two. And top rack will win the sprint as well. Yeah. Okay. And I think that just a little bit of GP riding that will just hold Bautista back from winning race one. Okay, so you think Bautista in the second long race and top rack in the first two? Okay, no, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm thinking top rack's going to win a race at least, but it's which one? I do agree, top rack is going to win the sprint. I'll agree with you both there. I think we're we're all sort of. It's, that race is going to be a winner or bin it, I think, for Top Rack especially, where there's there's um, less points on offer is the words I'm looking for. Um, Dawn, I might have to agree with you that Bautista is going to win the two long ones and Top Rack is going to win the sprint. I don't want to agree because I kind of want to go for a different combination because you've got a few combinations going. Um Jack, you said top rack for race one and sprint, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go top rack for the sprint and race two and Bautista for race one, just to make it completely <laughs> different. So we've got lots of different combinations out there. Um, I better write that down so I don't actually forget which way around I said that. One and two. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, made that a little bit more interesting across who's going to finish where. Um, we'll have a quick chat about Supersport because obviously we've got our British riders there uh, and Reese Irwin is going to make a appearance, a wildcard appearance on the Suzuki, obviously had a good showing at Knock Hill in the British Supersport Championship uh, Dawn, a bit surprised to see Reese going on the Suzuki or do you think it's almost a little bit of a reward from the team as such? Yeah, it was a bit of um, a bit of a shock really but like it'll do him no harm whatsoever it'll be really mm. good I'm just thinking yeah. about the last time when we were at Donington, we when we entered the McAdam garage, we saw Reese's bike all in pieces because he completely, generally, he completely destroyed oh, yeah. the, the thing. So, yeah, so I think I'm thinking of he didn't, yeah. didn't actually have a good, he had a terrible, I don't think he picked up any points at Donington from memory. So he's hoping to rewrite that, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I think he will be as well hearing that. I obviously, yeah, that's a. Yeah, could be an interesting one with how destroyed that was. Um, I'm just looking at the Super Sport results from last year. The top two in both races and that were Agatha and Baldessari. Obviously, both are no longer in Super Sport. Um, so, Jack, who do you think, obviously, we'll have Bulliger up there. Do you think there'll be anyone else fighting towards the front that's a bit different? Or do you think it'll be Bulliger and Manzi? Man, yeah, Bulliger, Manzi, Trotter will get a podium. I can't see him winning. Again, okay. Um, so Fogaloo, he will be there probably. I'm just trying. I'll be interested to see what Tom Buffemos ends up because he was he was ridiculously fast in the British round. So we'll see. Um, but I, we'll just see how how he get fares with his injuries as well. They picked up from Knockhill. Yeah, I was just looking as well, and last year I forgot that he got a podium, but De Rosa was up on the podium. See. I'm not saying that's going to happen again this year, but I think that was his first podium for a long time last year. 
And it was a bit of a surprise. I was there on the Saturday last year, and I remember him getting on that podium. And yeah, it was a weird one. Um, could happen, I guess. Donington Park throws up some some weird results. Um, Dawn, the the British lads, obviously Taron McKenzie is there as well. Do you expect anything from him on the the, the Honda Six Hundred, or do you think that's a little bit, you know, what what will he be aiming for this weekend? No, unfortunately, I'm as much as I'd love to say to see that Taz might be able. So, you know, get up there, but in the sharp end. But with that bike, I just don't think, no, I just think it'll be another normal round for him, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it'll be just another one of those things with Taz, sadly, and, you know, won't go too well. Uh, Jack, I'll go to you and ask you about John McPhee. Obviously, he's on the Kawasaki. Um, he had one podium so far this season. Do you see anything happening for John at Donington, or do you think, again, it would just be, you know, not too much? Well, weirdly enough, I think it might be have to. It might have to be a track he'll learn. Uh, I don't yeah, think. True. I'm not sure if he's ever done Donington because I know that in the year he did like the mo the when British do a one two five championship. That was the year when Donington was trying to get renovated for F one, so he didn't. They didn't race there that year, so it might have to be a. Well, it's, well, definitely the track changed since. You know, the the profile of the foggy S's has changed, so I'd guess you'd have to learn at least one part of the circuit. Yeah, I've just had a quick look through his um through his Wikipedia page. Obviously, not always correct, but from what I've seen on there, it doesn't look like he's ever raced uh, Donington professionally as such. He may have done track days. Probably has done track days. I think on the he may have done it on the Superbike Yamaha last year. A McCann's one, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, we'll be interested to see how John gets on with it. Um, yeah, Harry Truelove, I think, could be one to keep an eye on. Um, Dawn, I know Taz has said recently that he thinks Harry would go well at um, Donington because it's a track he knows. Obviously, he's gone to tracks he, he's never done before. Do you think we could see point scoring from, from Truelove at Donington Park? Yeah, you'd hope so. And I think he did an actual wild card at the BSB round. I'm um, not yeah. sure which bike he was on, but he was on the on the grid in the Super Sport. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't was, know how that, yeah. yeah, I don't know how that come about, but he was. Um, he, he didn't fare very well. But he, Are you about last year? No, this year. No, this year I think he did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Or did we yeah. both just imagine that he was there? No, he, he was, yeah. Um, but he didn't really do anything, so it will be interesting to see what he can do. Well, at Donington? Yeah. I think he did. I think you might be right. Sorry, I'm just getting TSL up. So, yeah, Harry Truelove, he was on the Triumph, uh, finished 12th in race two, and in race one, he finished when it loads. Harry Truelove. Oh, God. So many names on there. Um, did he not finish the first race? Anyway, he was there. So, yeah, he, he was there. Yeah. He got a 12th place finish in British Super Sport. Um, so, yeah, could be an interesting one to see. Obviously, yeah, not a great result for him, but it's a track he probably knows the best out of all of them. So, ah, 20th in race one. There we go. Finally found him. Um, yeah, could be an interesting one for Harry. In a good team, so things could go well for him. Um, just trying to think of a Brits. Ah, you... Briefly mentioned Tom Bufamos, Jack. Uh, what do you think we see from him? Because obviously he was insanely fast at well, British Super Sport there. Just doing some checking, and then his lap times he was doing in the British Super Sport race was faster than the current lap record by Safoglu. So, okay. but, I, but I'm guessing that's down to track conditions. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm pretty sure when Lager and Co get on there, they'll be going in the one twenty eight or something like that. So just wait okay. and see. Yeah, could could be interesting across the board for throughout the the, the 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 racing and super sport. Um we'll do our predictions for the for super sport and then we'll wrap up for, for this week. Dawn, your super sport predictions for Donington. Who do you think will be race winners? Uh I'm going with Belega and Manzi. Okay, going with two different ones throughout the weekend. Jack, who are you going for for the, the super sport class? Hmm. I'm just trying to remember. 
Mansi actually turned up at the. No, he didn't turn up. He didn't do any testing. At the BSB test at Donington, but because the weather was so bad, he never actually got out of the garage. I bet he was wishing he could have done. I do remember seeing that on your social media. Has he ever yeah. done Donington? He might not have done Donington before either, actually, mm-hmm. Mansi. So few of them. Well, he did last year. Oh yeah, yeah, he did last year, didn't he? Of course, yeah. My mistake. I forgot I he was like... A Mansi double. A Mansi double. Okay. But he's got his first win, and now he might get on a of a role. Yeah. See, I'm going different. I am going to... Jack, you said he's not going to win, so I'm going to say he will. I'm going to say Marcel Scrotter is going to get a win, <laughs> and Booligan's going to get a win. So I'm, I'm playing it safe with at least one of them. Um, <laughs> but no, he, I think Booligan's done... Uh, not Booligan, sorry. I think Scrotter's done well this season, so I'd like to say he'll at least win a race, and hopefully he'll be at Donington Park. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else major there's been no news yet still there's uh, still a mccam's seat up for grabs in bsb um yeah there's still nothing else major going on i don't think in news terms so i think yeah this is the perfect place to to wrap up for this week uh thank you all for listening follow us all on social media it'll all be down below make sure to check out short shift news as well for all the the write-ups across the weekend for world superbikes thank you very much for listening goodbye